And I'm Michelle from Michelle R. Price the Lightworker. Welcome to the show, Rebecca. Welcome, Michelle. It's been a bit of a, a bit of a tricky start this morning for us. Yeah, well, luckily, because um, you were going to connect about this time anyway, and I thought, oh, let's see if we can do it a bit earlier. And luckily we did because we're sort of starting <laughs> at the time where we're initially going to start anyway, but um, it's been a bit hit and miss. So uh, it's a good thing we started a little bit before time, I reckon, today. Certainly is, or maybe just the universe had something new in mind for us. <laughs> Yeah, something different. (laughs) We just go with the flow, Becca and I. We just go with the flow. Exactly. Well, hi, everybody. Today, our mission is to get you to learn something, give you some guidance, and, you know, um, share some of our tips and tricks with you, as we always do, because we enjoy doing that. (laughs) Yeah. And Beck's going to do the card draw today. So that'll uh, be coming up very, very soon. And it's always very relevant, so I'm excited to see what the card is for today. Now, the theme, and we'll see if it's in alignment, is we're talking about kind of big on the spectrum. And look, I'm not an expert um, and, you know, we're not trained in the area of, um, you know, psychology or psychiatry or anything like that, but we're just sort of speaking from, I guess, a human level and with our experiences and the experiences of others around us, I guess, today. But, um, yeah, it could be an interesting convo, I think, Rebecca. Um, but we always like to catch up first on what we've been doing and stuff like that. So what's been going on, hun? Uh, what's been happening? Well, it's been happening. Well, I've had a busy week, busy couple of weeks trying to organize birthday parties for my twins. Oh, here we we are. That was on Saturday. That was on Saturday. Yeah. I think we touched on that a bit last week, um, as well, but, um, I, th- I think I'll leave a lot of that, I think, for our next episode, Michelle. But it did go very well. Oh, but, oh okay. We're going to talk about it in the next episode. Ah, because the next. Really looking forward to hearing about next it. Next episode's birthdays, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. So it I certainly think is. It doesn't get more appropriate than that. <laughs> no, that is correct. That is correct. But it did go very well. It was very exciting. Yeah. And lots of fun. Okay. So has there been any sort of big takeaways for you this week other than um, the birthday and that sort of thing? I think just the big takeaways for me this week and, and what I've been up to and what I've been doing because I've also had one of my my little one went to camp, um, which was exciting. So she was sort of stepping out of her comfort zone there, um, doing some of the little, like they had this crate climb and things like that. So I saw all the photos on that and listened to her little stories from camp, which were you know, good. She had a lot of fun and she stayed the night. Whereas last year she didn't want to stay the night because she was too nervous. <laughs> it's a big step up for it her. It is a big step up for her. So I'm super proud of her. Super, super proud of her. And then I had um my son this week. He's been off doing a lot of things. He went canoeing last night. Oh my God. He loves the water. Hey? He does love the water. Um, but while we're in Canberra and it is daylight savings, we are still in Canberra. So it's not advisable to go into the water when you're canoeing, but he decided he wanted to do that just cause. Mm-hmm. So he had a spare change of clothes and everything just in case. And he had his wet weather gear on because it was raining a little bit. Um, but I guess he just figured, you know, I'm here. I might as well fall in the water and have some fun. Came home, Why not? came home with all his stuff sopping wet. They're in the, the washing machine now, ready to go on the line. <laughs> but he obviously enjoyed it. He had a lot of fun. Yeah, he had a lot that's of fun. the main thing. Yeah, and kids are meant to get dirty. I mean, I was climbing trees and 
eating dirt, you know, when I was his age. So yeah, I think that's all part of growing up. Not sure if it's the right weather to be doing that though. Well, especially here you are in Canberra. Yeah. (laughs) In Queensland, you can see me sitting here in a singlet. Yeah, and I'm I'm sitting here with a jumper on today. (laughs) Oh, are you? I can't see you. Beck's um, internet's been a little bit, how are you doing today? So um, Beck's got her video off at the moment. So normally we can actually see each other. Um, But it doesn't really matter because this is a podcast and no one actually needs to see us anyway. No, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. It's always bonus, but it does make it easier to talk with you when I'm looking at yes. you. So. <laughs> so we know when people are finishing and yeah, stuff like that. But we'll uh, we'll bumble our way through, Rebecca. Um, but it seems to be working well like that anyway. So we might just keep going as is. Okay. So great week for you, and can't wait to hear about the party. A couple of got to wait longer. I was expecting to be here all about it today. Um, so, uh, the only couple of things that I've been up to was I haven't really been feeling like myself and, you know, healers need healing too. And I think this is a good message because I know a lot of, um, our light worker colleagues and friends listen to this show. So, um, good reminder guys, we all, you know, sometimes need to get healing ourselves too. It's not just about us healing everybody else. And I went and got a healing from my teacher, the guy that taught me pranic energy uh, healing. And, um, I yeah, sort of walked in and he was like, yeah, there's a bit going on, Michelle. And uh, he pulled out his um, holy basil and it sounds like I'm getting an exorcism, but I wasn't. Um, but yeah, he pulled out the holy basil and he um, yeah, sort of gave me a bit of a whooshing with that and uh, something called spike nard, which Beck said she's heard of, she has heard of. I hadn't uh, heard of that. But um, yeah, spike nard, which is apparently really, really powerful too. So I've actually ordered some of that and um, I've added the holy basil to my diffuser and my clearing spray at the moment. And I'm also um, going to add the spike nard to the same things. And it's pretty amazing. I'm actually going to get some seeds. Um, Paul, my teacher, can actually get me some seeds of um, holy basil. They grow it a lot around temples in India, apparently, mm-hmm. and it just grows wild or they like plant it. And it uh, transmutes energy. So it actually sits around those temples and changes the energy. So they've taken aura photos of this um, holy basil. You know, the aura photos, it can get a ton of yourself. They've photographed the holy basil and it actually shows a holy basil drawing in that um, energy that's around um, the area, you know, maybe negative or sort of darker energy and transmuting it and sending out beautiful, colorful lights. So um, it actually draws that in. Isn't that incredible? I just thought that was the most amazing thing. And that's why I want to grow some because I think, well, if I can have that growing in my room or outside my room or something, um, how amazing. So I've just uh, ordered some of that as well. And spike nard's also very good for, I mean, um, obviously protection and purification. It's good for ritual work as well. But it is is good for, um, it's actually known as the one for gratitude and, and protection, spiritual protection. Uh-huh. Very good for relaxation, um, meditation, and just sort of, you know, clearing the heart energy, the heart space as well. So super cool, uh-huh. super cool, super strong. Yeah, super isn't powerful. that wonderful? Love, love, love. Um, yeah, I'm so excited about that. So, um, yeah, Spike Nard's coming. I've got the holy basil. And look, honestly, I mean, Beck, it's been really uncomfortable. I've been getting um, a lot of congestion in the head, um, feeling a bit blocked in my nose, not like a cold or anything, but just congestion, um, really tight in my shoulders and just really headachy and um, just feeling quite disconnected and low in energy. I've been sleeping a lot again and not feeling refreshed when I've been waking up. And as he was working, and I had a sore throat because he said, oh, have you had a sore throat? And I said, yeah. And he goes, I can feel it. 
And so he did some, some of his magic and the sore throat disappeared. And I was like, oh, my God, where did that go? And then um, the headache disappeared and I haven't had it since. And my shoulders feel like they've actually relaxed, which is incredible because I've actually been doing a lot of weights. I've been doing PT with my hubby, which I guess is another thing that I've started doing. So my husband gets up at about 4.30 or 5 in the morning, goes to the gym, and it's not really my thing. I don't start work till 10. I work my own hours now. So I tend to go to the gym like about 7.30 or 8. So we kind of miss each other most days. And so he set up PT sessions for us on a Sunday morning so we can do that together. And that's been really fun. But I've been doing a lot of weights and I don't normally do weights. So I think a lot of it's to do with that. However, when I have pranic session, pranic energy isn't hands-on and I my headache's gone, my shoulders feel relaxed. So it's pretty amazing, you know, really amazing. And I think because I do it all the time, I don't notice the amazingness of it. But when you receive it, you kind of go, geez, this is like really something, you know, they're actually really doing something here. So yeah, made a huge difference to me. And um, I'm feeling a million bucks at the moment. So um, let's jump into the show though, Beck. Enough about, enough about me and my wig. Um, <laughs> did you want to kick things off today, Lot? Sure, let's get into it. Michelle. <laughs> oh, so um, what I obviously, as, as you uh, alluded to before it is the topic today is on the spectrum and what I think last time our last podcast I said oh I've just had to put a note in because I had a thought come to me at Mm -hmm. the time um so I went in and did that and that note was actually about having the you know the energy we're holding at the moment so having the energy versus our old school raising and, and being suppressed and, and what I want to say just in regards to this topic is sometimes when we're having desires and wants and being told because of our mentors as children that we can't have that or it's just the way it is or we're not destined for that, um, then as we get to be adults and make our own decisions, you know, we sort of are very conflicted. Um, mm. And then we become sort of busy and overwhelmed with tasks. And what I'm curious about is because there seems to be a lot more diagnosis of ADHD and autism and, and things as such at the moment. But what, um, you know, what I'm actually feeling is, and this is just like like you said, um, you know, we're not medical professionals. This is just our, yeah. our own opinions and our own talk topic today. Um, But being busy and overwhelmed with those tasks, I feel like we're sort of reprogramming our neuropaths. um, That's really In a different sort of, yeah, um, Yeah. in a different sort of direction. So, I mean, because I know personally I have those days and I've sort of gotten into a rut and I find that I become overwhelmed with what I've got to do. And um, when I sort of slow down a bit or I I change my, my way of thinking, because I realise that I'm sort of stuck in this, or this is too hard, I've got to do this, I'm so busy, this, 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 this isn't working, that's not working. Um, and when I slow down and become present in the moment and let go of what I cannot control, things mm. really do get better and things get done because I'm more focused on the moment than getting everything and everyone else happy and sorted. I'm just sort of, you know, cruising along. So I think... So true. Yeah, and, and you know, like I said, that's just my personal, um, this is sort of what popped into my head the other day when we were, we were talking and that's just my personal opinion and everything in here today is my personal opinion. So there might be a few things there that are a little bit controversial mm-hmm. uh, for some people. Um, I certainly do believe um, that there are a lot of people out there with ADHD and on the autism spectrum 
Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, my son himself is is um, facing those diagnoses, well, an ADHD diagnosis himself. So I, I am mm. across sort of both sides of it, but then I sort of sit back and wonder different things as well. Yeah, hmm. for sure. That's a really good point back too, because I have a lot of people come in and they're very frantic and they're like trying to do everything and they're not getting everything done and they're getting really frustrated with themselves. And it's so true, like that lady I interviewed um, who was just fabulous, who had been a drug addict and recovered from that and um, and managed to um, start her own meditation, you know, business basically and teaching meditation, running meditation retreats, you know, all about meditation was what saved her. She came across Mm. it while she was an addict and it actually got her off all the, she was on prescription drugs and and got her off everything. And um, it totally changed her life. And she said to me, Michelle, if I'm, you know, running late for something, if I'm, uh, if I've lost my car keys, she's like, I'll, I'll take time. And I guess it's similar to you and I, where we connect to our guides and say, Hey, where is that thing I'm looking for? And all the rest of it. Cause a lot of the time we all just get so frantic and we're just running around like crazy people trying to do a million things. And God knows where you put the car keys. You know, if we're more present, we would be aware and we'd know, you know? So she actually stops and she sort of does a, a very quick sort of meditation tunes in, calms her energy, calms the nerves, finds the keys, gets in the car and goes. And she reckons by doing meditation, she actually makes up time. She reckons she gets more time in the day. Mm. And she reckons that, you know, that's actually the truth for her, you know, and I think that's really cool and really exciting. So, you know, that's that's kind of what Beck's saying, you know, slow down. Sometimes we need to slow down and take a few deep breaths. That's exactly right. And really being present in the moment, like you said, it does help so much with what isn't happening. So it takes away from what isn't happening at the moment and puts us on what is what is going on now. Mm, um, yeah. So that's pretty, it's it's amazing how you can just sort of turn things around like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other thing I wanted to sort of say too is, you know, not being taught things growing up. Um, so having someone do everything for us or in some cases the complete polar opposite where nothing was done in the house or you weren't taught how to do different things you weren't taught how to uh, communicate properly with people you weren't taught what it was like you know and sort of like your parents just sort of letting you go through school and not um, bringing your awareness to things that you'll be doing outside of school that they don't teach in school and I think as we become um as we grow up and become adults and and have to sort of take charge and responsibility of these things for ourselves not knowing how to do these things and then having mm. to do them um creates anxiety and it becomes sort of a cope that anxiety becomes a coping mechanism and again with the the, the neural pathways um, changing everything for us and making that our reality. So really interesting stuff, really interesting. So sure is. I think um, it'd be interesting. Um, I'll get into it in a minute because it's part of my next okay. <laughs> my next chapter. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, we. Um, my husband recently got told that he may be, and he hasn't had an official diagnosis, but he recently got told he may be um, ADD. And so we're sort of going through the process of looking at that, you know, diagnosis, mm. getting diagnosed, what does it mean, you know, all of that. And um, for him, you know, it, it does make a little bit of sense. Um, some of the 
things like he's had a look at the definitions and things like that and it does make a little bit of sense I guess for um for him so you know sometimes that's helpful you know just to sort of see that and you know um whatever that means for him um hopefully it sort of helps him manage himself a little bit better he does have trouble getting through all his tasks he's very good like on the weekend he'll write out like a to-do list um so I guess you know, figure out sort of what works for you, but um, he will write out a to-do list and, um, you know, he'll work his way through that and he's quite good at that. Like he will get all his tasks done. He gets very upset if he doesn't get something finished um, that he'd set out to do. So um, he is quite hard on himself in that respect. But I guess on a work basis, you know, sometimes he'll be there till 10 o'clock at night and everyone else has kind of gone home and, you know, he's still there. So I think that that's probably where, you know, maybe the diagnosis or whatever comes in because, you know, he is there till very, very late at night and um, not seeing much of his family and all the rest of it. So um, that's where he's sort of looking at it, that it might be helpful, you know, to sort of work with that diagnosis and see if that is what it is because, um, yeah, you know, ideally you shouldn't be getting home at, you know, 10 o'clock or leaving the office at 10 o'clock at night, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that'll be something um, something for us to sort of examine a little bit more um, and it's up to him whether he gets a diagnosis formally or not. But, um, you know, I've always felt and I've had a few clients sort of come in and get diagnosed and, um, you know, they've talked about what it is, what are the um, qualifications are to be, you know, diagnosed ADD or ADHD or whatever. And I do really, um, I mean, I haven't been diagnosed, but I do really feel I am ADHD and um, I had a twins, a set of identical twins come in and see me and, you um, she walked in and I was like, oh, ADHD or something I said to her when she walked in and she laughed. She thought it was hysterical. And I was like, I think I am too. And we just laughed at each other. We just had the best time. It was the greatest reading ever. It was awesome. And her sister came in and she was quite similar um, in terms of personality and stuff like that. But I feel like, you know, I identify other people who kind of are, and I don't know if that's because I am, I don't know, but like when people walk in, sometimes I'll just say it to them and they're like, yeah, I am. I have been diagnosed. And it's almost like you can recognize each other or something. It's really funny because one of my old schoolmates is um, maybe going through the diagnosis at the moment as well. And I just think that it works with my business. It works with what I do because, you know, often people are like, wow, you know, you've got so much energy and how do you maintain it? And so on and so forth. And, um, you know, I'm kind of always like this, you know, I've always got so much energy and I just want to share it and you know help people and that's why I'm a light worker so I think the um probably the hyperactive part of it certainly Jason agrees with my husband (laughs) um because I am very excitable and and stuff like that but I mean people like my energy and wherever I go I make friends people come up and talk to me they want to be my friend so um you know I think that for me it works um I haven't done medication I don't do medication that's my choice And um, that's certainly not saying that medication isn't great because my husband may go on it. Um, it's totally up to him. But um, for me, uh, this is what I do and, and I think it works for what I do and it doesn't adversely affect me, I guess is what I'm saying. And so I guess, you know, as an individual um, listening to this, you know, if you do feel like you may be or you have been diagnosed, what your decision is moving forward is, is really your decision. You know, no one can sort of make your mind up about that. If you feel like you're managing it okay, fantastic. If you feel like you're not managing it okay, get some help, you know. Um, but for me, I, I feel like, you know, not that I have an official diagnosis, um, but I do feel like whatever it is, um, it works for me, you know, in the work that I do. And I think the most important thing there too is not to put the pressure on yourself. Mm. 
yeah. not to put the pressure on yourself because that's sure. that's where we and and whether you're diagnosed with um, ADHD or you know being on the spectrum or anything like that um, or whether you're not putting all that pressure mm. on yourself is what's going to sort of throw you into a spiral. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. And there's no reason to um to do that. It's it's you know for my my feeling is that there's just more and more of those diagnoses coming through. It's totally fine, you know, whatever floats your mm. boat. You know, for me, I think as well, Beck. You know, I've seen a lot of uh, fabulous young ladies coming through, and I say young ladies because I probably do read for women more than men. But I've seen some really fabulous young ladies coming through um, who are doing teaching, you know, studying teaching or just about to graduate. And a lot of them are star seeds, you know, what I call star seeds. And Beck and I did an episode on star seeds not too long ago. So if you didn't get to hear that, go back and have a listen. Um, all of our episodes are marked pretty clearly. So I just can't think of what um, episode number that was off the top of my head. But, um, you know, star seeds are um, fabulous little humans. I'm a star seed as well. So ADHD, fabulous, um, if that's what it is. But also that star seed energy is really profound. At the moment, you know, a lot of the kids that are coming through are really gifted, really talented and, you know, even genius level. I mean, I was reading for a little girl, not little girl, but a girl this week. She's going through eating disorders and a bunch of things. And I had her parents here and, you know, she's really struggling and we're trying to get her to see me. If she can't, that's totally up to her. That's the thing. We can't force anything. But she's, you know, I was having a look at her and I go, guys, she's like a genius. And they said, yeah, she is. She actually is. She's a, a prodigy. Because what was coming up was, you know, Beethoven and Mozart. And they said she's actually in the, um, was in the Conservatorium of Music. She's been given scholarships. Um, she's basically been handed everything on a platter to do with music. She's incredibly gifted, um, but she's really struggling. She's in not a great relationship and a few things. And um, yeah, in a real not good place. So, you know, we're sort of working on that. But when I saw the genius level thing, I was thinking, oh my God, you know, like this is kind of heading back to those, um, you know, the Van Goghs and Beethoven and Mozart and all those guys and, you know, Michelangelo. And it's like, my feeling is a lot of those guys, the inventors, the artists, the musicians and the conductors were, you know, on the spectrum. I mean, they couldn't not be because they just had the most insane focus on their work and that's really what they did you know I don't think too many of them had families I don't recall too many of them getting married and having kids or you know anything like that maybe they did um, some of them but um, I don't recall that so you know I think a lot of them just had the most insane focus on their task and I've got to get this done and I've got to tick it off because I mean who doesn't know those names Rebecca we may not all listen to that music I mean I do I love that sort of music maybe not everyone listens to classical but everyone knows those names and there could be all these, you know, modern times, um, classical conductors and musicians and um, pianists and all of that, that no one's ever heard of. But if you mention Mozart, Beethoven, Tchaikovsky, any of those, Bach, Bach I think it is, Bach. everyone knows who they are. Everyone. They certainly do. Yeah? They certainly do. And for me, they had to, I feel like they had to be on the spectrum. I feel like they did. That's just my personal opinion though. I think um, a big thing there is, you know, the patience and awareness, you know, sort of patience versus awareness of, yeah. of what's going on around you and pressure versus clarity. Um, oh, I that's so good. I just want to actually read to you. I, just, I, I want to 
I want to do these cards. Oh my gosh, I've got these cards sitting in front of me. And especially when you just started speaking um, about the star seeds, Michelle. Oh, the seeds. got the cards, Rebecca. Oh my gosh. Where are they? What happened? I've got them yes. here. I've got them here. We're just I can't see you, by the way. I can only see an owl at the moment. So yeah, no, that's <laughs> okay. Cards. So the cards, I've already put them up. So okay. there'll be pictures of them up in the in the show, notes. show notes, which is amazing. Right. So the first card here is the eagle, and it's telling us to seize the opportunities courageously. So eagles, what do we know about them? They are magnificent birds. They um, ascended aspects of Sirius, Michelle, Syrian. Oh, are they? All birds come what? from Syrian. What? Yes. So that was go. the first one I said to you because you named your bird um, Syrian, yes. didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah. Huh. Um, that's really strange. That's right. So whether they're large or small, they have individualized and are no longer part of a group soul. So this, I think, really goes well with our topic today because it's Doesn't it? different. Yeah. Um, so they soar serenely over the world, revealing true mastery of the air while they spread keys and codes from lacrime over places where the angels direct them so they teach about the power of serenity and control which reminds us to relax and flow with the currents of light wow that's profound Rebecca. it is amazing that's so perfect and it's um interesting about the animal too because when i was coming into today's reading i had this vision in my head and i don't know why it was there but um speaking of animals I was seeing like a husky or like a white and gray dog. And I don't know what the connection was, but it was um, just as I was meditating um, before I went for a walk and then came here. So I don't know if it's going to come up during my readings today. Um, but yeah, I saw this kind of white and gray dog. It reminded me of like a, a wolf um, or like a husky. So I don't know what, um, what that was connected to. But just when you started talking about the eagle, I thought, oh, um, I remember having that sort of vision this morning. Well, it also says to remain motivated so that when you're ready for action, you will move fearlessly and tenaciously, treating challenges, uh, treat challenges and seeming setbacks as opportunities to raise your game. And the most important message in here is to remain calm, centered and serene no matter what you are presented with. So when you do this, you will always stand in your power. Yeah. Super cool. Super cool. How good is that? That's bang on, Beth. Now, I just want to, because another card came out with it, which was the hyena. Oh. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yeah. It's not a wolf, though. It's a bit disappointing. No, it's not a, it's not a wolf, but, you know, and and it's the, the card on the card, it's got the hyenas there, the two of them with the universe and the cosmos behind it there, and it says there to be different. So hyenas are very intelligent and most unusual oh, animals. Oh, genius kind of stuff? Genius kind of stuff. But are you ready for this, Michelle? They originate. Oh, is there a wolf? Is there a wolf? Keep going. There's no wolf. There's no wolf. Ah. But they are, a, they are a canine breed, I believe. Are they? No. Yes, they are. Oh, I thought they were sort of. Are they canine or cat? Yeah, maybe they're more canine. I don't know. Okay. They're kind of cat-like, aren't have, they? I don't know. They look, they look like doggies to me. We need to do some research. <laughs> so they originate from Uranus and step into Earth through Sirius. Oh, it's a serious connection too. A serious connection. Serious. Serious. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> everything, is back, everything comes back to Sirius, Rebecca. Uh, so all creatures from Uranus and hub 
uh, are harbingers of change and often behave in ways that challenge the norm and bring about social transformation. Hyenas are uniquely experimenting with a variant of long front legs and back short, uh, short back ones. Yeah, they are quite unusual looking, but they're pretty quick, I think. Yeah. Not as quick as a cheetah. So but yeah. Their sole mission is to accept that they are different. They are also, also learning to understand and balance their opposing qualities. Oh, my Lord. How good is that? How appropriate. So very, very cool. Now, what does it say That's here? That's so amazing. So the hyena wisdom reminds you to accept your own special qualities. We are all different and you are called on to rejoice in your uniqueness. Be ready to bring about change dynamics of your family or community or work situation. Boom. Decide what mm. is your highest good, knowing that when something is right for you, the universe ensures it is in everyone else's best interest too. That's so perfect, Rebecca, yeah. because that... um. As you can probably notice, I'm doing some writing over here and I'm just putting in a lady who's just booked every um, space until the end of the year that she can with me. And she's um, the one that brought her daughter along to see me. And her daughter reminds me of that um, hyena you were just talking about mm. because um, she's pulled her out of school because she was getting picked on and she's a little bit overweight and we used to dance but doesn't dance anymore because people teased her and stuff like that. And so her mum, because we just get along really, really well, her mum's actually booked her in. She is... She is diagnosed ADHD and a few other things. And so she's basically booked a room with me for the rest of the year. And yeah, so she is exactly that. You know, I'm like, I'm saying to her, you know, you're amazing. Embrace your differences. Exactly what the hyena is. That is so perfect. Exactly. And it, and it goes on to say here that remember that self-discipline is the basis for ascension and mastery. Be yourself at yes. all times when you dare to be all you truly can be, people will admire and respect you. 100%. Yeah. Isn't that true? Because you do, then you try to hide away. You're trying to be less than. It's like, I don't want people to see me. And that's what you don't want to do is dampen your sparkle or dull your sparkle. Absolutely not. They're the Archangel Animal Oracle from Diana Cooper. Oh, my God. So that's all up. The, the link's up in the, the show notes. They're oh, amazing cards. They're so beautiful and so perfect because that's exactly what I'm telling these uh, young kids. And especially the genius, you know, the intelligence part of that is um, just absolutely perfect. And I hope that, you know, my hope is back, as I was saying, with those young girls coming through uni and studying and, um, you know, doing teaching and things like that, that as these star seeds, which is what we were sort of talking about leading into that, as these star seeds come through, and again, go back and listen to our previous episode if you haven't heard that, that they're all sort of really changing the way that we're teaching because we figured out during COVID things aren't working. I, you know, I talk to a lot of people and I don't have, I very rarely hear anyone say they enjoyed school. I mean, I don't know that I've ever heard anyone say that. You know what I mean? Like we should be, we should be going, yeah, you know, it was the best 12 years of my life, but no one's really saying that. And I'm noticing more parents <laughs> taking their kids out of school, in fact, and doing homeschooling and traveling around in caravans, which is cool, you know, whatever you want to do. But, you know, I wish that, my wish is that people will um, and children will enjoy school and love it, you know, because I feel like that's kind of where we're heading. I feel like it's changing. I think, yeah, I think it's changing too. And I think the way that the school system, like it's always constantly changing as well. So it's, it can get very confusing, especially as a parent. Yeah, I bet. Oh, my gosh. Um having trying to keep up with it well, all yeah having been through school myself and of course I'm the eldest of seven so when they went through school things started changing a bit there and then I've had my own children and 
my girls are, are in their last, oh my gosh, last month of year 12. That's a tearjerker. Um, well, it's just so different. What for, Even with mm. their school journey, all the changes that they've been through and, and what my youngest is going through now and what my, my son's just in high school now. And it's it's all so very different, the way that they, yeah. they, they communicate to the children, the way they get things um, out to them. Um, and there is a lot of focus on um, mental health, which is amazing. Absolutely Isn't it? amazing. Because it just wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, when I was at school, kids got punched in the head. I mean, and that's the truth. Mm. I went to a rough school, you know. Um, the teachers threw the duster at your head and literally, and they were the wooden ones and they hurt like a bugger. You know, it's changed so much. I mean, that was, you know, for me, when a teacher's doing things like that, Rebecca, and that's the truth, mm. that actually my teachers got in punch-ups with some of the boys in our classes, it was rough. And it's like, you know, if I see a parent, I mean, I literally was at the shop this morning and no judgment, but there was a lady screaming at her child. Literally, I was standing there um, queuing for my chai. A woman screaming at her little child. Her little child looked terrified. And he was only, he looked like five. It looked like he was in prep or something. And I think his brother was there, maybe a little bit older. And she's screaming at this kid. And he was just standing there, like, looking terrified. And I didn't see him do anything. But I think he was like, you know, can you carry my bag or something? And she was like, I'm carrying your brother's bag. And I'm sort of standing there going, oh, my gosh. And I'm trying not to, I'm like, shielding, protecting, la, la, la. But, you know, I'm not saying there's any judgment there. It's just what we were talking about before, Beck. You know, when you sort of do the meditation, take a few breaths. When someone's getting to that point of screaming in public, like, literally, here Mm -hmm. you know right next to somebody and it was there was people everywhere that's frustration that's when you've reached boiling point you need to have a holiday a break you need to go away or get someone else to look after the kids for a second or something you know because that's frustrating and that's the same as my teachers you know at school I mean if they're punching kids in their head throwing dusters at them you know the whole thing and you know that's that's frustration that's boiling point I mean you know you need to have some holidays or time off as well um, hopefully those things aren't happening at school anymore. And I don't think they are. That was the days of the cane as well. Mm. So that was um, back in the day. But, um, you know, those things shouldn't be happening. important too to maybe go and get some, you know, go and talk through what your triggers are with someone. Because oh, obviously there's there's some sort of trigger there. Um, mm. And yeah. it's, it's really helpful to to go through, talk about those triggers. And then once you, I find once you... Um, confront those triggers even if it's just acknowledging that this is a trigger for me um yeah it sort of takes a lot of the weight away from your energy yeah i've been doing a lot of work about you know things like that with like triggers personal triggers from yeah um you know personal healing and traumas and things like that so i've been doing a lot of work with that and i'm just feeling like all that weight sort of lifting just by acknowledging those triggers and 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 speaking about it the other thing yeah. I wanted to say uh, is about food products, the preservatives yeah. and the hormones that we're putting into food these days, I feel really have an impact. And I feel that since I was a child, um, you know, while we do have med- better medical breakthroughs now and, and, you know, there's so many more things that we know, the bar standard for our personal makeup has changed as a result. Correct. So what they're actually focusing on now from our our baselines is a lot I feel a lot different when like I was a child Mm. I just feel like that personal makeup has changed so I wonder and it's just a wonder I wonder if we looked at a past study on genetics and dietary from back then way 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 back then and compare it to now how different that would be 
in relation to diagnosis that are that are being presented now. Yeah, I reckon there'd be a trend there, huh? I, think I reckon you're onto something there for sure. Yeah, because I notice, um, you know, with certain things, you know, like certain, I guess, um, flavoring. You know, yep. if you eat um, shapes or, you know, and I mean the little biscuits um, or things like that with a lot of flavoring. Um, MSG was a big thing, remember? Yes. Chinese restaurants and um, people started reacting like crazy to that. And then all of a sudden there was this big, you know, a lot of stories, public stories about MSG and the effects and blah, blah, blah. And I think they've all had to really cut back on that. And now you see on a lot of packaging, no MSG. Because a lot of people would get triggered with that stuff. Um, a lot of people would get anxious, have allergic reactions, you know, like skin issues. It was pretty insane. And that stuff hasn't always been, we haven't always been exposed to that stuff. And gluten, you know, and as starseeds, um, we talked about starseeds before, and you think about the kids, as starseeds, a lot of the kids that are coming through have rubbish diets. That's a fact. A lot of them, the parents yeah. admit it and they're like, well, they love that food. They don't want anything else, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's only what you give them, you know, whatever they're exposed to. If they haven't eaten it before, they wouldn't know what it was like. So it's like, we really have to think about this Beckham um, technology, you know, just what we're saying before. Definitely. Um, you know, technology is a huge thing because a lot of kids that are on the spectrum or ADD or ADHD, a lot of them just get super addicted to, you know, the iPads and the games. And, you know, it's really common with the kids I work with. Um, I see it all the time. And the parents like, well, um, you know, if I take it away from them, they're going to crack it and they're going to, you know, throw a massive tantrum and stuff like that. But these are the things we want to think about and sort of monitor a bit more because we didn't always have um, exposure to them. So I guess it's like, we're still trying to catch up and, figure out, you know, what is healthy, what isn't healthy, you know, how much exposure is too much exposure, um, so on and so forth. So with the kids cracking it with technology being taken away from them, a lot of that to sort of, I, I mean, and again, this is just a, a personal feel um, that I have around this, kids absolutely losing it when they take their technology away. Our phones, our tablets, our computers, everything that we're doing these days, does everything for us. Yeah, it okay. does. Okay, so you don't need to know how to spell. Nope. You don't. And me being a journalist, yeah. that's very, very frustrating. It is. Yes. It is. So you don't need to know how to spell because it auto, it does, auto it does it for you. And I know that, and, and I've watched um, my little one type, start typing in how she thought a word was being, so she'd start typing in the word. And then it would just come up on the thing. She'd be like, oh, there it is. And she'd just push it. And she didn't have to learn yep. how to spell it. They're not remembering it. And they're it. not remembering yeah. it. So when you actually take the technology away from them, it's like sort of taking away that that lifeline that they've got there, so to speak. Yep. So it becomes a lot of anxiety around that because I don't know how to spell this or I don't know how to do this. Um you know, well, I relate I, to that. I, I, don't, I don't know real, like real world. I mean, I know technology is real world. That's where we're at right now. Yeah. I'm not, you know, sort of doing that. I love technology. I love that. I, I'm so grateful that I can sit here and do this podcast with you and yeah. see you and have all of in this and then have it in different states and different time zones and different climates, all, all of those sorts mm. of things. But absolutely wonderful thing. But I also feel that we need to, as as you know, the older generation maybe take a bit of responsibility there. I know they don't mm. do spelling tests in school anymore. Oh, do they not? They don't do spelling tests in school. They don't what? Come, do not come home with spelling homework and they don't have spelling tests. 
This is insane. I can't believe. Yeah, that's absolutely shocking to me, Rebecca. And one of the things I was just going to say just on that topic is um, I noticed the different generation coming in and I don't know what it's like in journalism now, but when I was um, in the newsroom, we started to have that generation come through where they um, had the, uh, is it preemptive text or whatever it is, like what you're talking about with your daughter, where they start to type and the word just comes up. And the problem with that is it doesn't always bring up the correct word. No. And all the correct uh, punctuation. No. And so kids who rely on that can get themselves into a little bit of strife. And um, I certainly noticed that um, in the newsroom where kids are coming through and um, they're basically sitting there going, well, where's your spell check? They're asking us where the spell check is. And we go, we don't have that on our computers because we're journalists. We don't need it. And they were like, um, I don't know how to, I can't, no, I can't do this. Like literally, yeah. they didn't know simple words. And this is simple words. This is my point. This is my point. This is taking their lifeline away. So then that anxiety comes through and they start. Yeah, panicking. completely. Yeah. And we had we had them leave. We had kids leave because yeah. they literally couldn't even, you know, structure a sentence without spell check. And that really reveals a lot about someone that really, like what Rebecca's saying, is that really shows them up and goes, you know what, we don't know our staff. You can't be a journalist if you can't structure a sentence without spell check. And this is what the unis are pushing out. This is what the unis are pushing out to us. Well, that's right. It's unbelievable. That's exactly right. And, you know, and the same with math too. Like they've got their phones, they've got calculators on alpha. You can Google. You can put your problem in and Google it and get the answer. Oh, my God. Now, this is crazy town. It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing where we're at, but I think it's making us dumb. Well, it is. And, I mean, how this is a thing with schooling. I mean, how do we and, sort of, and it's not up to us to decide this. Rebecca and I obviously aren't teachers or anything like that. But, I mean, there are some smart kids going out there, though. I mean, I'm seeing some really intelligent young people coming through. And maybe, Rebecca, maybe, um, this is just my sort of feeling, is potentially we've got kids that are coming through that are smart in other areas, you know, because school, sometimes I'd sort of look at it and go, you know what, how's this relevant? Like, what am I going to do with algebra? And what am I actually going to do with this thing? And I don't know that I'm going to ever use my history knowledge, but it's interesting. But it's like, you know, maybe we're getting out um, more practical kids. Maybe the focus doesn't have to be so much on, um, I mean, I think writing and counting is important. You know, Mm -hmm. let's just say that. Because when you go to a shop, how many people can't count back? You know, if the cash register blows up or their calculator is not working or whatever, kids can't count back. You know, that's a big thing in business because a lot of businesses lose money because of that um, if they can't rely on the, you know, the register or whatever they're using. So it's like, you know, I think that those things are pretty basic, but um, maybe, you know, we're advancing in other areas, you know, doing more practical things. You know, some of the subjects that they're able to study at school, I wasn't able to study at school and they're really, you know, putting them out there into the real world kind of thing. You know, kids are studying trades and stuff like that. So I guess we're improving in certain areas, but I guess the reading and the writing as Beck and I sort of talking about um, maybe needs a bit of a bit more work, you know, and less spell check, less on the computers potentially. That's right. Less, less reliance on them for those sorts of things because it does. It creates a lot of anxiety um, for yeah. them. And like, you know, like you were sort of saying, what's going to happen in another 10, 15 years from now? That's it. Um, I mean, we don't know how technology is going to go. That sort of no. thing. Like, we'll be flying around in spacecraft by that point. Oh, well, how many times have we heard that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rebecca and I, the helm. Hi, Beck. Here we are. I want a manual spacecraft. That's one thing. It's like manual cars, you know. Let's change those gears. Um, I'll have a, a, a just a before rocket we finish, wheelchair or something. Walking. Frame. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I might be in a walking frame. I'll be like, I'll still be running marathons oh, at a hundred. Yes, Here I am, Rebecca, running a marathon. You will. Uh, getting my oh, I won't get a queen. I won't get a letter from the bloody queen though. A letter from the king or whoever else is in charge by that point. Um, now, uh, Beck, before we finish up, I just wanted to say that. Uh, in terms of diagnosis, I just want to make this very clear. Becca and I are not uh, experts in this field. Yes. Uh, we're certainly not diagnosing anyone, diagnosing ourselves, nothing like that. Um, this was designed as a little lighthearted chat. Um, but I did want to say that I mentioned my schoolmate earlier. Um, I've been reading for an old school friend of mine and um, and he's going through sort of a little separation at the moment. But he um, was sort of thinking about, because he has been, we've been talking a bit and I was talking about ADHD and he was like, yeah, I just, I feel like I might be one of them, ADD or ADHD or something. And he's been doing a bit of research into it. He's very interested and he's a bit of a seeker, you know, someone mm -hmm. who looks for the answers. And so he's been sort of doing some Googling and stuff and, you know, thinking about getting diagnosed and, you know, he thinks, um, you know, would it maybe help the relationship, you know, stuff like that. But my biggest point, and I think this is my message to everyone who's listening is do it for yourself. Don't do it for anyone else. And, you know, I think that's the biggest thing because I have um, another couple, obviously, who got separated and they're getting divorced. They're going through the whole process at the moment. Um, and one of them is on the spectrum. They do um, have a diagnosis. And she was hoping that that diagnosis might save the marriage. And what I'll say to you is it didn't and it won't. No. And I feel like, you know, if you want to get diagnosed, do the diagnosis, do the treatment, do whatever you want to do. But do it for yourself. Don't do it for anyone else. That would be my recommendation. And that's certainly what, um, what the advice I give to my clients. Um, do it for yourself, guys. You know, make the changes. Do the work on yourself. And then everything around you changes. You know, we can't fix and change and influence anyone else or get them to do anything that they don't want to do. So um, really, it comes back to you. So do it for you. And uh, that's my biggest sort of takeaway message to, I guess, yeah, for uh, the listener at home. That is a huge takeaway from that because a lot of people do they they don't want to take responsibility for you know um what it is going on with themselves mm. and their contribution mm -hmm. that they actually try and label it and and put um a cause to what's going on so yeah. this isn't yeah I, I I'm not in you know this is not my fault but this is a result of this and then when that happens there's a lot of hard truths that come out there as well yeah and you've got to get out of that pattern because the next marriage is just going to be the same a hundred percent. Yep. And um, yeah, we can't fix anyone or change anyone. Everyone has free will, Rebecca. So um, yeah, really, really good episode, Chick. Um, beautiful cards too. I can see those pictures there. Lots of rainbows in there too, um, which is very uh, pertinent. Did you notice it was upside down, the rainbow? It is too. It's so the reverse. about being different and... Yeah, isn't that awesome? <laughs> Love that. It is upside down. Wow. Um, and the galaxies are all there, the planets. That's amazing, hey? Um, a lot of connections to the galactics there. So when we come back, Rebecca, we're going to be talking about next episode, um, birthday celebrations, because Rebecca admitted that she hasn't really celebrated a birthday before um, with all her friends and things oh, like I've that. Oh, cel I've so, celebrated um, my birthdays. I yeah, yeah but like with the big 21st or 40th or, you know, yeah. the big sort of shebang um beck hasn't really done that which i found really interesting and really surprising so we thought we'll get together and maybe have a chat about um maybe you're similar maybe the person listening at home or in the car is um similar to beck and doesn't really um do that 
you know? So um, I just found it really, really interesting because I mean, you know, I celebrate the asset of everything. So um, it was just really, really surprising. And, um, you know, I guess I sort of thought everyone did that, you know, everyone sort of celebrates the milestones. Um, so yeah, that's what we'll be, we'll be talking about uh, next episode, Rebecca. It's going to be a good one. We'll find out about your uh, surprise party that you threw too. Yes. Very exciting. All right. That was amazing. Thanks, Beth. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone.